Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. Good morning, everybody. Everyone had a good Christmas? Anyone else wearing one of their gifts? No? Okay. Oh, yes, yes, good. Okay. Um, Did you have a quiet and relaxed Christmas? No dramas? Because what a year it's been, hey? And this is the last Sunday of 2020. Our last Sunday. So I'm glad for those who've come out. I know it's a long weekend. I know it's holiday time. And so I know that some can't come out at the moment or they're not home, not around. So, but I want to commend you for coming out because we're putting God first at the start of the year, at the end of the year, and every single day in between. Amen. So here's our last Sunday and what a year we have had. Um, you know, we get to the end of most years and we say, what a year it's been. But this year, this year, we can really say, what a year. Hello, has this been the wildest year? It has been very, very different. And there's a term that has come into play this year that I had never heard before. Apart from the overuse of the word unprecedented, there's a term that we've been using this year that I hadn't heard before, and that is new normal. New normal. When you think what an interesting term that is, new normal. This year, we have risen to new levels of use of technology because we have had to. Who, like me, has used Zoom for the first time this year? Anybody else? Wow, yeah. I had heard of Zoom, but I had never had to use it. I'd never had cause to use it. Now I love it. Now I love it. It's just fabulous. We've come to new levels of technology. We have learned to be very aware of our proximity to other people while still caring about other people. So it's really a case of I'm here for you, but you are over there for me. So we care about people, but we're very aware of our proximity to them. We no longer eat birthday cakes that someone has blown all over. Yeah, I'm actually pretty good with that one. I'm pretty good with... I don't think many children can blow without spitting. So I'm, you know... (sighs) Cake? Yeah, no, I'm good with our new, new system now. The introverts have had their best year ever. Yeah, the introverts in the room, have you had a good year? Who knew, who knew that when you were demanding time alone, you were just smarter than the rest of us? You were just smart. And the poor extroverts this year, they're wondering where their next group hug is coming from. When's the next time we can just hug everybody and gather everyone in and smother all over each other? That's a long way away, people. We are in a new normal. New normal extroverts deal with it. So we have a new normal in, in, in society and we've applied it to our lives, haven't we? We're already getting used to it. It's only been a matter of months. And I will even be watching something on TV and someone will greet someone else with a kiss and I'll be like, oh no, that's not right. 
you know, a show made pre-2020. We have adjusted ourselves. We have come to know what the new normal means. We have changed our lives. We have started to do things differently. We were having to register for church. Now we don't have to register, but we have to give our details. We do communion differently. We do a lot of things differently. We're more spread out. We put more chairs out so everyone can spread out, everyone can distance. We have learned to live in our new normal because we have had to. We have had to live in a new normal. We have had no choice but to make something new our normal. So you've probably already guessed where I'm going with this. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. Like the birthday cakes blowing all over, the old is gone and the new has come. Salvation is a new normal. Salvation is a new normal. When we receive Jesus Christ, something absolutely different from before, total transformation is our normal. A totally transformed life, a totally transformed way of living is our normal. As a Christian, the newness of God, the newness of salvation is actually our normal. Now, I sense God challenging me a while back, a while back about how much I believe what I believe. How much do I really believe what I believe? I found myself in a place where more than ever before in my life, I had to decide whether I truly believe what the Word of God says, will I truly take God at His Word, will I truly believe what I say I believe, what I have always believed, where it is to a level where no emotion can derail it, where I have no excuse, where I have no compromise, where I have no exemption from believing what the Word of God says. And I find that we hear God's word, we know God's word, we love God's word, we believe God's word. But I found myself in a place where I was like, does my emotion affect how I fully believe God's word? Do I make excuses for myself in certain situations about whether I will take God absolutely at his word? Or am I exempting myself in some circumstances? Am I making an excuse for myself because I'm not taking God fully at his word? Am I compromising? So I had to confront myself a little. I think it's like in Luke 24. If you've read Luke 24, there's these two disciples. They are walking out of Jerusalem as Jesus is being raised from the dead. They were his disciples but their belief could not go far enough to take hold of the miracle that was happening. Jesus had made a promise. Jesus had said there was a miracle coming. It had been prophesied. The resurrection was a prophecy that had come. These are two disciples, and that's who we are. We are disciples of Christ, but their belief couldn't go far enough to take hold of the promised miracle to the point that they are leaving town speaking in a bitterly disappointed way about the death of Jesus. 
And of course, Jesus comes alongside and he draws them back to himself. And you can read the story when you have time in Luke 24. But I thought, I don't want to be like the guys in Luke 24 where my belief, my level of faith, where I cannot fully take hold of God's word. So I confronted myself over some things. I confronted some things in my mind, a lot of prayer, as you can imagine. And so I'm just going to share a little bit this morning from a passage in the Bible, in the Christmas story, because, hey, it's only two days after Christmas, so I'm allowed to still be here in um, Luke chapter 1. And I want you to decide for yourself whether some of your normal needs renewing. Is there something in your normal, in your normal way of thinking, in your normal level of belief, in the normal perspective you have about life, in your normal faith in God, in your normal view of God, in your normal view of yourself, in your normal view of other people? Is there anything in your normal that needs to become new? It's the last Sunday of 2020. What a perfect time to go, you know what? This is my normal attitude about this. It has to take on something new. It has to be renewed. It has to come in line with the word of God. I need to not make this excuse for myself about the level of belief I have in this situation or over this scripture or whether I've actually taken that scripture and made it real for me. See, if God's word is real, if his promises are yes and amen, If anyone, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, then that has to be real for me. It has to be real for you. It has to be life. It has to be life. So that's where we're going this morning and I hope that's cool. And I don't know why I always ask that because it doesn't change anyway. So come with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we're staying within the Christmas story, the story that Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming, an angel visits Mary to say, you are about to be the mother of the saviour of the world. So just a tiny little thing for her there to deal with. Young woman in Nazareth. So I'm going to start reading from verse 39 in Luke chapter 1. And it says this, and I've shared a bit of this with the women in the church So at Flourish. So ladies, you have heard some of this before um, because this is my journey and we journey together. So I just want to say that there. But reading at verse 39, it says this. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Elizabeth is her cousin. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil his promises to her. Now Elizabeth is old, but she is miraculously having John the Baptist, who is the forerunner to Jesus, again all prophesied. And Mary comes, and when she sees or hears Mary's greeting, Mary's come in the door and gone, hello, and she's heard the greeting. And the moment she hears the greeting, the baby in her womb 
We don't put babies in looms. The baby in her womb leaps for joy. And it says that she is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit miraculously brings about a response in an unborn child. Now look at the words that she speaks in a loud voice over what is happening. This is her declaration. This is her declaration that she is making over what is happening in her life. Now a declaration doesn't have to be loud. Sometimes I declare in a whisper. A declaration isn't about volume. A declaration is about the strength of what it means to you. And she is making this declaration over her own life and it says she does it in a loud voice. So I think what they want us to understand that this is a strong and animated moment. She is declaring God's goodness over Mary and Jesus. Blessed are you amongst women. Blessed is the child you will bear. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. Now look at verse 46 and we'll keep going. Because now Mary begins to sing. So they're both in this now. Mary says, My my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. So Mary begins to declare God's goodness. First it's been Elizabeth, now Mary, she's in on it. My spirit rejoices in God. He has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And then she begins to prophesy over herself. From now on, All generations will call me blessed. And then back to declaring the goodness of God. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Her simple existence suddenly is not simple anymore. Her quiet life in the town of Nazareth suddenly is not at all what it was. It's completely changed. Her whole world has been turned upside down. She is not only out of her comfort zone, for her the comfort zone no longer exists. There's no comfort zone for her. Her whole life has totally changed. And what is her declaration about it? Is it, oh, this is difficult, oh, this is so unfair, You know, why does a pregnant woman have to sit on the back of a donkey? You know, no. She says, the mighty one has done great things for me. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. She's thrown into this incredibly difficult situation. It could have meant ostracization, if that's the right word. It could have have literally meant death, according to law. Her life could have been over, not only completely changed, but her life could have been over. And she says, the mighty one has done great things for me. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. All generations will call me blessed. See, God had called her favoured. God had said she was favoured. And there was no circumstance, no difficulty No unexpected happening was going to remove that from her. She was favoured. And her declaration is from now on, all generations will call me blessed. No circumstance could overtake God's word to her life. Now, for some people, and this is what it was for me, so that's why I can say for some people, I'm one of these people, the new normal... Taking on a new normal in some areas, it, it w- took an absolute shift in perspective. 
it took an absolute shift in level of trust. It took an absolute shift in faith, in rising in faith, not just saying that I've got faith, but adjusting myself and my thinking, my attitude, my expectation, everything, I had to move it into a new place of faith. And for some people here today, if you start thinking about your normal and the Holy Spirit starts to speak to you about renewing some things in your life that have been your normal, it may take a total shift. It may take a shift, but that's cool. If you begin to prophesy God's word over you instead of the words that you may be using over yourself, you'll begin to see a shift. If you begin to declare God's promises rather than declaring your circumstances, you will see a shift. If you start to speak of God's goodness instead of speaking about your difficulties and problems, you will see a shift. Now, if you're uncomfortable with the word prophecy or prophesy about yourself, that's okay. Call it declaration. Call it self-talk because we all self-talk. But whether you call it a prophecy, whether you call it a declaration, whether you call it self-talk is irrelevant. What's relevant is what are you saying about the promises of God over your life? And what is the normal, the normal that comes from your lips? You know, we can even have a different normal on Sunday in church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We are overcomers. And then we go home and dribble on about everything that is not in line with we are overcomers and praise the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? Is this a bit hard for the last Sunday? It's 2020. Nothing's too hard for us. No, I'm just mucking around with you. But what is the normal that's coming from your lips? What is normal and do you need to be, renew it? You will find a shift. It can be as easy as this. Now, when I go to bed... I say, thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Just as I feel myself falling asleep, I say, thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. When I wake up in the morning, I open my eyes. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I want to frame my day with thankfulness and devotion. It's such a small thing. It's a few words. And at first, it was a very deliberate, conscious thing. I'd wake up and, thank you, Lord, I love you, Jesus. Now it's just there. I wake up and it's just there. It's become my new normal. That when I wake up, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Before I get out of bed, I've framed my day. I've framed my day in thanksgiving and devotion. And it's just a few little words. But immediately, my mind is in a certain place. My mind has gone into a certain place immediately. And when I go to bed, I do it too because I want to frame my sleep. I want to frame my sleep. Often we ignore our sleep. We ignore how important our sleep is. And we don't think about the fact that God can speak to us. God can be doing things in our heart, in our sleep. And physically how important it is to get proper sleep. But I want to frame my sleep. And I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I don't get nightmares anymore. I go to, just as I know I'm about to fall asleep, I say, thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. I want to frame my sleep with thanksgiving to God and devotion to God. 
It's little things like that. And I found when I bring these things in and say, this is going to be my new normal, it, it brings a shift. It brings a shift. Secondly, trust and obey even when it's totally in faith. Even when it's completely in faith. You know, when, when everything's going easy, how easy to trust God. When everything is going fabulously, how easy to obey God. But sometimes we have to trust and obey completely in faith. Because we cannot see what our trust will do. We cannot see what our obedience will do. And we have to do it totally in faith. Trusting and obeying God in faith. In verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen since I am a virgin? And then the angel explains how it will happen. Something entirely impossible. Mary, something completely impossible is about to happen to you, dear. And the angel ends the explanation with the words, for the word of God will never fail. The word of God will never fail. And Mary responds to that, I am the Lord's servant May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So the angel didn't stay by her side every day, encouraging her, encouraging her, encouraging her. He said, this is what's going to happen. This is God's word to you. And then he left. And she said, may that word be fulfilled. Well, she said that and then he left. May that word be fulfilled. And she was good to go. I am the Lord's servant, obedience. May your word to me be fulfilled, trust. And what is that based on? When she asked the question, the angel said to her, no word of God can ever fail or will ever fail. With those words, she was good to go. Faith. Trust and obedience in faith. In faith. For the word of God will never fail. People often wonder what faith is. How do you describe faith? Even when you look in Hebrews 11 and, and verse 1, it's not easy to get your head around. What is faith? You hear someone say, he is a man of faith. She is a woman of faith. Am I a woman of faith? Am I a person of faith? Are you a person of faith? What does it mean? What does it mean to be a person of faith? Is there faith in what you believe? Yes. Is faith in being still? Yes. Is faith in taking action? Yes. Is faith in waiting? Yes. Is faith in moving? Yes. Faith is in trust and obedience to God and his word in whatever situation you are in, in whatever given time. So sometimes faith looks like quietness and being still. Sometimes faith looks like taking action, taking a step, making a sacrifice or whatever. Sometimes faith looks like waiting, just waiting. And sometimes faith looks like moving, taking steps. Trust and obedience to God in whatever situation you are in. What is God's word on this? Whether it's the written word or whether it's the still small voice, what is God's word on this? Doing that. You know, the Bible says, wait upon the Lord. Take heart, wait upon the Lord. That is just such a, a strong scripture for me in my heart. Wait upon the Lord, take heart. In other words, don't be discouraged. Hold your courage, hold your faith, take heart. Wait upon the Lord, it repeats it. Wait upon the Lord, it's a strong scripture for me. 
But then there are other times where you know you need to act. You need to do something. Is one more faith than the other? Because sometimes you hear people say, well, they haven't got faith because they're not... No. One is not more faith than the other. Both are obedience in their time. Trust and obey God in that time, you're in faith. And sometimes you have to trust and obey God really in faith because you don't know what's going to happen. Mary has this massive, life-changing moment. The angel comes and says, this is about to happen to you. Nothing for her will ever be the same again. And she says, yes. And then she goes to visit Elizabeth and she is declaring and she is prophesying, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And then if you read in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, the shepherds have had that encounter where the angels came and spoke to the shepherds and told them that the saviour of the world was here and is coming. And the shepherds are talking about it. It says they're excitedly going around telling everybody. But Mary, it says, she quietly pondered this in her heart. She treasured it and she pondered it in her heart. Three different moments, three very different responses, all in faith. First it was, yes, Lord, I'm your servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. And then it's with Elizabeth and she's prophesying and she's declaring God's goodness. And then when the shepherds are around, she's quietly treasuring it in her heart. She's just quietly pondering it in her heart. Three very different moments. Faith is just yes to God in the moment. Yes, I will believe. Yes, Lord, I will wait. I will wait for you to act. Yes, Lord, I will take you at your word. Yes, Lord, I will be still and at peace. I won't be agitated. I won't be worrying. I won't be ringing all my friends and saying, this is my problem. I will be at peace. I will, I will be peaceful because I trust you. Yes, I will take this change. Yes, I will take this step. Yes, I will make this adjustment in my life. Trust and obey in whatever the situation is. Again, whether the written word or the still small voice of God. Faith, trust and obedience. And thirdly, and I'll, I'll end with this point. Maybe you need a new normal in this. Maybe you need to get a new groove in your life. Now, don't run away. Not back in the 70s saying groovy and things like that. Yep, I can see Shane there. He's already getting his groove on. Mary started singing a new song. She said, for now on, all generations will call me blessed. Her song is a reflection of what God has said to her. Now, you probably all know what a record player is. Who knows what a record player is? It doesn't make you old if you know what it is. You're allowed to know what it is without being ancient and without people calling you a boomer, okay? We're allowed to know what a record player is. It's what we had before CDs and iTunes and Spotify and all those things. I'm just trying to get down with the kids by saying those terms. But for those too young to know how a record player works, this is it. It has a needle and the needle is attached to the arm and the needle runs on the groove of the record and that produces the song. That produces beautiful music, runs along the grooves. But sometimes... The needle gets stuck and the needle can get stuck if there's been a bump or a scratch. And I want to say to you, no one gets through life without some bumps and some scratches. Amen? We can all testify to that. We've all had our bumps and scratches. 
So what happens when a needle is stuck? It says the same line over and over and over and over. Until what? Until someone picks it up and puts it onto a new groove. And then you can hear a new song. You can hear something different. But while it's stuck in that groove, it's over, over, over. Same old, same old line, same old thing, over and over again. I think of the Israelites, round and round a mountain. Why? Stuck in the same old groove, stuck in the same old groove. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 1 that we have been picked up from the kingdom of darkness and placed in the kingdom of light. Now I want to ask you, is the groove you're on still a groove from your old kingdom and do you need to come and get yourself onto a new song do you need to be picked up and put on a new song because the new kingdom it's a different song it's a different sound but sometimes we sound like we're still in the old kingdom sometimes we sound like we're people who don't have a mighty god sometimes we sound like we're people who don't have a good god Sometimes we sound like we don't have a God we can have faith in. Sometimes we sound like our problems are bigger than our God. Sometimes we sound like we're not overcomers, we're actually overcome by the situations in our lives. The kingdom has a different song. And sometimes, and I had to do this, I was stuck in a groove. That's why I can say this. I was stuck in a yep, yep, yep. Until I was like, no, that's not who I am. I'm a child of God, as we've been hearing this year, all through this year, from Ephesians, I'm a child of God. That puts me in a different kingdom. That means my groove is different. My sound is different. My song is different. See, by song, I just mean what's reflecting from your life. Is your song a reflection that you're in a kingdom, that you're an overcomer, that you have this amazing God? that he has surrounded you, is that your song? Or is your song that you're surrounded by your problems, that you're surrounded by situations that God just actually can't fix? So here's my excuse. Here's my compromise. Here's my exemption from trusting that part of God's word because this is my problem. This is how we can live sometimes, can't we? See, the old kingdom, the groove is sin. The groove is shame. The groove is condemnation, rejection. The groove is all those things. But in a new kingdom, it's favour, it's forgiveness, it's freedom. That's the groove of the new kingdom. David said, sing unto God a new song, for he has done marvellous things. David sang a song that was a reflection of God's goodness to him. Melina shared that with us this morning. I was so excited when I heard her share that. His song that she shared at communion was, God, was a reflection of what God had done for him and who God was for him. We need to check if our needle is stuck. We just need to check. Some of our thoughts need renewing. Some of our thoughts need to come to a new normal. Some of our attitudes might need to come to a new normal. Maybe our belief level needs to come to a new normal. Maybe we need to adjust some things and say, that is not 
that is not who I am anymore. This has to be renewed. This has to be renewed. The Bible says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This has to be renewed in me. It's a new kingdom. There's a new declaration. There's a new song in Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Last Sunday of 2020, we are saying goodbye, 2020. Goodbye, 2020. You've been a hard year. But God is good. God is good. We don't have to fear anything. We don't spend our lives in regret. Some people spend their lives in regretting stuff. That's a groove from the old kingdom. Put your regret away and begin to rejoice in who you are in God and who God is in you. Amen? I'm just going to pray over us. And if you, if you want God to touch your life, if you just feel like I, I need to renew some things in my life, I want 2021 to have a difference to 2020, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand to the Lord as I pray. Because I believe God's speaking to many people here today. Amen. I see many hands. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you do your work. You do your work in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, Lord, I lift this beautiful people to you in Jesus' name. My hand is raised too, Lord. And Lord, we believe you. And Lord, we dare to believe you, God, that you will do a new thing in our lives where we need it, Lord. Lord, I, I pray that we will so fully live the new creation life, Lord, that the old is completely gone. It's absolutely gone. And our normal will be that the new has come. The new creation, that's us, and that will be our normal. I pray for every person whose hand is raised to you, Heavenly Father. Lord, asking you to touch their lives, asking you, Lord, to work in them as we come into a new year. And Lord, I invite you, Holy Spirit, come and do your work. Come and do your work, Lord. Not about me at all, but about you, Holy Spirit. You come and do your work in the lives of your people. Our hands are raised to you in faith. Our hands are saying, Lord, touch us, change us, renew us. Lord, let us live 100% new normal, new creation in you. I pray for every person that's struggling, Lord, who's found this very, very hard this year, and I speak new life and refreshing into them in the name of Jesus. Lord, refresh us by your spirit. Refresh our hearts. Refresh our minds. Refresh our lives, Lord. Lord, refresh our souls. Refresh our souls as we go into 2021. Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you. Hands raised, Lord, means we are dedicating ourselves to living for you. And I thank you, Lord, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Please be seated. Thank you to those who are watching online and to those who are in the room. If you don't have Jesus in your life, I just want to say to you, invite him into your life because he has called you to be a new creation. You can leave all that behind. You can leave behind all the regret, the sin, the shame, the disappointments and walk in new life in God. Amen. So many of us have experienced it. We can testify to it. So thank you. God bless you. Enjoy the last few days of 2020. Um, have a blessed time in the Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.